1: You who are a Christian have the Holy Spirit of the living God living within you, making you alive, hopefully leading you, guiding you, instructing you. Your decisions are based on your relationship with the Lord and the instruction that you receive from Him. The non-Christian person doesn't have that. They don't have that. The only thing they have to go by is their own human desires, their human intellect and emotions, two things that will always lead people off course, human emotion and human appetites.
0: Many of us have probably experienced our fair share of trying to get something done under compromised or inconsistent leadership. When it comes to the guidance of the spirit versus the flesh, there is definitely a conflict of interest. In today's message, Pastor Robert reflects on why it is that business, fellowship, and even relationships with non-believers can be quite cumbersome to our walk. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now, here's Pastor Robert in the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 9, with today's edition of Main Thing
1: Radio. You're my certification. You are the fruit of my outreach. You're the fruit of my apostleship. You're the certification. You're the proof of the pudding. I saw Jesus. He commissioned me. He sent me. And you're living proof that that's true. The second thing is the provision of the minister. Look at what he says. The provision for those in ministry. Having demonstrated the authenticity of his call, now he goes on. He says, do we have no right to eat and drink? Do we have no right to take along a believing wife? As do also the other apostles, the brothers of the Lord and Cephas or Peter, that's who Cephas is. Two footnotes, two little quick footnotes. The brothers of the Lord. You know, there are churches who teach he, did, he didn't have any brothers. Mary only had one child, and that was Jesus. And that's just not biblical. James and Jude, half brothers of Jesus Christ. And, and now, in, you know, Paul refers to them as the brothers of the Lord. And he says, don't we have a a right? Don't we have the authority to take along a, a believing wife? Second footnote, believing wife. It's essential that you who are single Christians understand God loves you so much. He wants to protect you from utter disaster. And so he says, don't allow yourself to fall in love. Don't yoke yourself to an unbeliever. It's going to be disastrous for you and for them if you do that. It's not an issue of bigotry or like we're better than them or anything like that. That's that's totally not what he's talking about. What he's What he's addressing when he says that is that you who are a Christian have the Holy Spirit of the living God living within you, making you alive, hopefully leading you, guiding you, instructing you. Your decisions are based on your relationship with the Lord and the instruction that you receive from him. The non-Christian person doesn't have that. They don't have that. The only thing they have to go by is their own human desires, their human intellect and emotions, two things that will always lead people off course, human emotion and human appetites. If your body governs you, you're going to have a problem. If your emotions govern you, you're going to have issues, you're going to have problems. If your appetites are in control, you're going to have Issues And if the only thing you have to go by is your own smarticles, even if you're brilliant, you're lacking. Everybody understand what I'm driving at? And so when you, when you put two people together, one is following the spirit of the living God and the other one is still following their own human intellect, human emotion, human appetites, there will be conflict. There will be. And this idea that the person who doesn't know the Lord is going to come to the Lord because of your incredible witness Man, if only that were true. Sometimes it happens. More often than not, it doesn't. More often than not, what happens is an explosion within the relationship shortly after the marriage vows, and it just creates harm for both people involved. And, and he, he loves you. He wants to protect you from that. And he says, listen, don't do it. But now Paul is saying, listen, we have, don't we have right to bring a, the wife with us if we're married? Don't we have that right? The implication is it would be absurd to say no to that. Certainly, we should have that right. And he goes on. He says, or is it only Barnabas and I, verse 6, is it only Barnabas and I who have no right to refrain from working? See, apparently a difference was being made between Paul and Barnabas and the other apostles. And Paul says, you guys need to think this through. You're proof that I'm an apostle. So are, are these guys somehow better apostles than me? I mean, do they have more more right, more authority It's absurd. Verse 7, whoever goes to war at his own expense. How many of you were in the military? Any of you in the military? Joe, did you have to buy your own uniform and equipment? Some of it maybe, but by and large, you were cared for, right? You didn't go to war, so to speak, at your own expense. You didn't have to buy a ticket to fly yourself to Afghanistan or whatever, right? It doesn't work that way. It doesn't work that way. Nobody goes to war at their own expense. And he goes on. Whoever planted a vineyard and then didn't eat of the fruit of the vineyard. No, it's expected. If you plant a vineyard, it's your vineyard. You're going to, you're going to, you know, the fruit that comes from the vine, you're going to partake of it. And he says, if you own a flock, if you have a flock, you know, whoever has a flock and then doesn't drink the the milk of the flock. You know, I, I grew up in farm country. There was a dairy farm right up the road. It's so funny to me when. We go back to that area, you know, and we're driving through there, and the the kids will, ooh, that stinks! And I'm like, no, it smells like home. I grew up with that. It's it's to me, it's not an obnoxious odor. It it's, it it literally brings kind of warm, comforting feelings to smell cow manure because I grew up around it. I know that sounds ridiculous, but it's it's the truth. But do you understand that that my friends who grew up on that dairy farm did not go to the grocery store and buy milk? They didn't go they didn't go buy milk. They had the fresh stuff right there. And that's probably illegal today to drink it, you know, like they did. I don't know, but they had it right there. They didn't have to go to the grocery store and buy milk. They drank of the milk of their herds. And that's the context here. And then Paul says something that I really appreciate. He says, Now, guys, listen, is this just me or is this biblical? That comes up a lot for a pastor, for a teacher, for a minister. I had a guy say to me not too long ago, in all sincerity, he wasn't trying to be a jerk. He just said, come on, Robert, isn't this just your opinion? Where's that in the Bible? And I appreciated the way he went about it. He was calling me on it. And I said, no, 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 let me show you. And we read it together, what, you know, what we were talking about. I pointed to the Scriptures. And that's exactly what Paul does right here. He's like, no, this is not just me, guys. It's written in the law of Moses, verse 9. You shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain. Is it oxen God is concerned about, or does he say it all together for our sakes? Now, two things I want you to see even from that. One, the little peripheral points. God does care about oxen. How do I know that? Because he wrote it. And he, he put in the law of Moses that oxen who were treading out grain on a farm should not be muzzled. They should be allowed to eat The grain. That was a literal commandment. Do do you understand that? God cares about oxen. Paul points out, though, that he cares more about you and me. Can you see that? Yes, this was about oxen, but it wasn't only about oxen. It was also about us. Now, some of you are going to hate me for this, but I need to tell you, animals are not people too. They're not. God loves animals. God loves animals. It's clear in the word. He loves animals. He does. But we're different. That's that's his design. He made us different. He says, don't muzzle the ox. But the principle has a broader application. He's actually more concerned about the human beings than he is about the oxen. He is concerned about the oxen. So should we be. Do you understand? God is a pet lover. Okay? We should be concerned. But we need to understand that the principle was actually intended, according to the Apostle Paul, to be applied in the life of a minister of the gospel and people in Christian service. For our sakes, no doubt, this is written, that he who plows should plow in hope, and he who threshes in hope should be partaker of his hope. If we have sown spiritual things for you, is it a great thing if we reap your material things? Another... Rhetorical question. The obvious answer, no. It should be no big deal. Paul says, listen, if I am imparting to you, if I am ministering to you spiritual things, things of eternal value and significance, should it be a big deal that I'm reaping from you things that are temporal in nature, that are going to burn, but that I need for a time? He says, that really shouldn't be a big deal to you. Why is that a big deal? Do you understand what he's communicating?
0: Thanks for tuning in today to Main Thing Radio. What you just heard may have set some questions off in your spirit about who Jesus is and why He's so important. If so, keep listening.
1: Thanks, Chris. You know, if you're listening today and, and you're thinking, man, I really need God in my life. You know, I, I've wandered away or, or remember, maybe you're just searching. It's the first time you're really getting serious about having a relationship with God. And, you know, I remember when I felt that way, and and to be honest, I, I, I felt really kind of exasperated and crummy and, and like it was probably impossible. Well, it's not impossible. The Bible says that God loves you so much right where you are. He understands that we're messed up. He, Bible tells us, I mean, he knows we're human. He knows that we're flawed. He knows that we're sinful, imperfect human beings. That's why the Bible says he sent Jesus in the first place to come and die on the cross, to pay for our sin, to pay for our wickedness, so that all we have to do is open our hearts to him and receive the pardon, the forgiveness that he's offering. He wants a relationship with you. I'd love to give you more information about that. Listen, I'd love to pray with you about that, even if electronically. Just go to our website, mainthingradio.com. There's all kinds of info on the website. Uh, about how to begin that relationship with Jesus, how, how to begin that that uh, personal relationship with God, how to study the Bible, we can give you all kinds of information about that if you'll just reach out to us and let us know that you need it.
0: Thanks, Pastor Robert. That website again is mainthingradio.com. We're so glad you joined us today, and be sure to tune in again to Main Thing Radio.